Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 426. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Happy 4th of July week. American independence. (laughs) Is it independence anymore? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. A couple of our listeners actually wanted us to talk about that, which I thought was fitting because that was on my mind too. Probably on uh, on the minds of many Americans this, Mm this year. Anyway, on today's show, we have an exciting announcement about our Patreon. Then we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. (laughs) And then we're going to brighten things up with a discussion on theme parks. And later in the show, we are going to reveal a couple of people who are joining us in the weeks ahead. And I'm really excited about them. So I wanted to talk about this new law that just went into effect in Georgia on July 1st. It is a hands-free law, which basically means you are not uh, effectively not allowed to use your phone in the car while you're driving, which sounds logical. But then there's so many stupid things about this law that everybody's like, how the fuck are you going to enforce this? So this is from one of our local uh, news stations in Atlanta. So you can hold a phone in your hand and you can wear, or you can't rather hold a phone in your hands. Like while you're driving in the driver's seat at any point, unless you are parked in a parking space, you cannot hold a phone in your hand. Okay. Like even at a stoplight, you can't. But you can wear a smartwatch on your wrist. I know somebody who got around this law this morning by being like, yeah, I was able to rewind music from my Apple Watch. Because you're allowed to still wear a smartwatch. Um, So you can still touch your phone to make a call, but not to send a text message. You can also wear an earpiece to talk on the phone, but not to listen to music. Huh. Yeah, this doesn't seem very enforceable. And actually, I sometimes I try to check my watch while my hand's on the steering wheel. And I actually find that more dangerous because you have to turn your wrist a certain direction. And it doesn't jive with how you're holding the steering wheel. Well, and my thing is, like, listen, I totally agree with not allowing people to text and drive. But Mm -hmm. extending it to you can't text while you're at a stoplight. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a little crazy, I think. Um, And I've I've continued doing that. I've been breaking the law the past couple of days. Haven't gotten a ticket Uh. yet. You the bad, fine, bad by girl. the way, for getting caught doing this is $500. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's high. They really want to try and use this as an opportunity to decrease the amount of road fatalities. I think this year in Georgia, we've had 600 and something. Uh, and I think the real test of this law and its effectiveness is going to 
be to see whether or not that number is substantially impacted. Uh, My guess is going to be it won't because (laughs) we already have laws for distracted driving. Mm -hmm. And it seems like any kind of cell phone usage that contributes to distracted driving should be covered under that. So not really sure what the point of this law is other than just to create a lot of buzz because it's a it's a quote hands free cell phone law. Yeah. But I've still like I drive around Atlanta, I still see everyone on their fucking phones. Yeah. Shit's you're not, not going to get people unaddicted to that. It's a habit when you're at a yep. stop sign or a stoplight. You, you that's what you do. Or I'm thinking about Atlanta has terrible traffic. What are you going to yes. do? Not check your phone in that traffic? Yes. Uh, basically what they're saying is that you can still have your phone set up on like your windshield, like on a mount. So you can still follow a GPS and things like that. Um, It's okay to like reach over and touch it once to make a phone call or no, not to do like, I think to start a GPS, like to start the directions. Um, But apart from that, you can't. And it just seems like this kind of like very blanket law that doesn't actually address the problem, which is texting and driving. Right. Texting and driving is the real problem. This has been like real life in California for years. So it's kind of crazy to think that it's not, I don't know. I I just feel like I forget that not everybody follows the same, like, you know, safety rules on the road. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that there's no way that you're going to deter people from doing whatever it is they do on their phones anyway. But I also find that that like you said, like that mounting your phone does not necessarily stop the distraction. It would really have to be like making sure everybody has their phones on like do not disturb mode because those notifications for most people are still going through. And as soon as you hear it, you're like looking over, you know, or even like the smart consoles on the cars. I was uh, like in a rental car the other day and I was driving it and it had like this smart panel. And even that was like super distracting. Yeah. Yeah, they can be. Mm-hmm. And I hate I hate when Waze is like, oh, you can't enter a new destination while you're driving unless you press the passenger button. And it's like, okay, they're trying to be safe that way. And yet they want you to report stuff while you're driving. Right. Yeah. You have to, you can submit police that you spot on the road and whatnot. You can do that. But if you're trying to type in a new destination while driving, it, it's like, oh, no. And I I mean, I don't think that really stops anybody from actually doing it. No. And the funny thing about this is that a number of sheriff's departments from all over the state have posted on their Facebook pages, effectively saying like, yeah, this isn't really going to be super enforced because they know that it's not enforceable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you going to like? You're going to pull somebody over and be like, I saw you on your phone. And it's right. like, unless their dash cam managed to catch footage of it, then it's just he said, she said. They'll still yeah. give you the ticket, though. I'm sure they will. Yeah, because that has but, happened to me before. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, what, I, like, like kind of like almost probably right when they first passed it, or maybe a little after I was driving back from university, and I had my phone in my pocket. It was like digging into, like, it was just not comfortable because it was in my back pocket. So I pulled it out just to like put it on the seat next to me and they pulled me over because I had my phone in my hand and the car was still moving. Mm. See, that just seems like, seems like a revenue it is. <laughs> builder it more totally than anything is. else. They go on these like rampages <laughs> and then they're like, let's make some money. Yeah. 
Uh, Shania, who is listening live, she says, am I the only person who refuses to check my phone while I'm driving, period? I even have the do not disturb automatic response on while driving so I don't get tempted. Uh, You're one of a few, (laughs) just a few who do that. You can't resist sometimes. Like I said, it's, it's an impulse. Like, I'm embarrassed to admit this. When I go into pee in anywhere, I just have this impulse to also pull out my phone at the same time. So I'm like checking Twitter while peeing. And maybe for a girl that makes a little more sense because you're sitting down. You know, you may like hang out for a while in there. (laughs) Sit down and chill out. But like for a guy, you're standing up. So it's like not that long a period of time. (laughs) I don't know. I have to drop it in the urinal. (laughs) I know. I always think about that. One day it's going to happen. I have do not disturb on my phone as well. And I genuinely don't really look at it while the car is in motion but i pull it out to check it when i'm at stoplights yeah i don't see a problem with that yeah all right well uh i guess good luck to you rule breaker are you gonna check over your shoulder now every time you load up your phone it's really funny because the number of people i've seen doing that (laughs) before they pull out their phone it's like it's very conspiratorial they look both ways (laughs) look look behind them and then they pull out the phone (laughs) That's hilarious. Beware. All right. Well, um, we have a couple of... We actually have one cool announcement concerning our Patreon this week. We thought it'd be fun to kick off the start of a new month with a new benefit. Uh, This concerns people who pledge at the Facebook official level. That's the highest level on Patreon. We are are pleased to announce a new feature. You can now co-host millennial with us so this is how it's going to work uh like i said those at the facebook official level can fill out this form on patreon where they will be able to tell us a little bit about our about themselves and they can also tell us what they disagree with us on and you can also tell us uh the things that you're passionate about so we'll kind of get a sense of who you are and how we can involve you in the show And then we're just going to go in order of the people who sign up. And we're going to have them on for a full episode plus After Dark. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be a cool way to shake up the show, get some fresh voices on the show, and get different perspectives on the show. So we're looking forward to getting, um, you know, hearing different passions, different angles about the world we live in. So we just opened up that form on the Patreon and we'll start having people on soon. And by the way, shout out to some of our newest patrons, Chelsea, Jasmine, Adriana, Sabrina, Anna, Patty, Atresi, some sort of <laughs> internet name, uh, Laura, Alicia, Barbara, Claire, Jessica, Jeremy, Rebecca, Hamey, and Megan. So thanks to everybody who supports us over at patreon.com slash millennial. Welcome, and may God have mercy on your souls. Don't scare them. It's a happy place. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of scaring people, I just wanted to issue a little bit of a PSA here. Um, Before everybody gets too excited celebrating the 4th of July, I just wanted to remind everybody that the U.S. government is still holding more than 2,000 migrant children uh, in cages separated from their parents at our border. We don't have to discuss this or dive into the nitty-gritty details every week, but it is something that we must continue mentioning because we can't forget that this is happening. 
Yeah. And I also read this week that they uh, admitted that they didn't really have a plan about reuniting people. So, families. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of America and how great it is, it is 4th of July week. By the way, fuck 4th of July being on a Wednesday. Why even celebrate? Like, you you get off what? 4th of July itself? And that's it. Unless you take off some extra days. Dumb. A couple of our listeners, Zach and Roshni, actually over on Patreon, wanted to ask us, can we still be patriotic and celebrate the country with everything currently happening? It's hard to feel celebratory, doesn't it? Yep. I'm not interested. (laughs) Are you going to work that day? Uh, Yeah. So I actually opted to work that day and to take Friday instead. Oh, that's that's actually really smart. And then we're just going to have a long weekend. (laughs) Because fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's weird. Like, why bother celebrating independence when maybe we kind of wish we're still part of Europe? <laughs> maybe <laughs> not part that. of the Maybe not part of that whole messy Brexit situation, but I don't know. I'd rather be uh, with somebody else right now. <laughs> I don't really know if I want to be part of the Commonwealth. Um, mm. right. I mean, I you know, I think that this is... It, again, it's another one of those things where it just depends on what celebrating means to you. If you want to celebrate the actual history of it, knock yourself out. I don't yeah. think that setting off a few fireworks is going to influence the direction of the country one way or the other. So if you want to do that, do it. Um, I kind of feel like abstention is also a a way of showing your patriotism because you're showing, I don't believe this is what my country should be. Oh, so I want to love the country that I live in, but they're making it really difficult right now. I thought you've been abstained from sex for 4th of July. I'm like, what is the point in that? I mean, every, (laughs) Anytime abstinence comes up, it's not just, you know, about sex. No. Oh. Hmm. But let's be real. I mean, <laughs> most most people celebrating 4th of July are just looking for a reason to get drunk and barbecue. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't need it to be the 4th of July to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to donate to the ACLU on Wednesday. That is a I think that's great how idea. Celebrate. That is a good idea. Because at its core, I think that's like they're fighting for the America that we all want. And I would be down to celebrate that. I have some friends visiting over 4th of July. Maybe I'll tell them, hey, guys, instead of barbecuing and going to the beach, we're just going to donate to the ACLU. They're going to be like, fuck you, Andrew. Fuck you. What (laughs) even is the ACLU? (laughs) Yeah. What I think would be really cool, um, because I would like to encourage everyone to donate to the ACLU. I think, Pam, you're leading by excellent example here. And I know that we've talked about this in weeks past that it's really hard to try and find a few extra dollars every month to contribute to something because of the way our economy is, student loans, debt, all of these things. But if you can find it, try and donate $4 to the ACLU on Wednesday in honor of the 4th of July. 
Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. That is a very good idea. I was just going to donate $17.76, but $4 that's a great idea more too. affordable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the friends with benefits level for the exactly. ACLU. <laughs> <laughs> Co host the ACLU. <laughs> All right. Well, no matter how you celebrate on that day, happy 4th of the. Fourth of July to everybody. Um, it it is a you know I live for the summer holidays to be honest with you. So I'm looking forward to you know getting summer properly started. Well, Andrew, I have a great way for you to do that, uh, and mm-hmm. it also happens that it coincides with a word from one of our sponsors, Meandies. So you've definitely heard us talk about them before. Andrew and I have been wearing Meandies for a few months now, and our bits have never felt better. These are fun, comfy undies that feel as good as they look. If you haven't tried them yet, you can get incredible underwear sent to your door with MeUndies, meaning no more hunting around for the perfect pair at a crowded store and eventually settling for those good enough granny panties or boring boxer briefs. I love MeUndies because in addition to having really fun designs, these undies stay in place as you go throughout your day. No wedgies or uncomfortable bunching, so you won't need to worry about discreetly picking your ass at work. Right, Andrew? Oh, that's right. I am not picking my butt at all. (laughs) (laughs) Only when I want to smell it. (laughs) MeUndies is so sure you'll love your first pair that if you're not happy, they'll do whatever they can to get you into the right pair. And if they can't, Keep them and they'll refund you. So it really is a risk-free way to try the best underwear ever. And if you're already part of the MeUndies fam, tell your friends about it through their referral program. They'll get a discount and you'll get a store credit. It's a win-win. Still not sure? Well, MeUndies has a deal for our listeners. First-time purchasers get 20% off their first pair of MeUndies and free shipping. That's 20% off plus free shipping and a guarantee that your butt and your MeUndies will be very happy together. Get your butt over to MeUndies.com and treat yourself to get your 20% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. That's MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. I think I may have admitted to something during that ad that maybe uh, my boyfriend, who's going to be on next week, can uh, shed a little light on. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking, though? I some hmm. What? What? No, I thought you were about to say something else. Go ahead. I, I think somebody on the Supreme Court could have, uh, if he was wearing me undies, he maybe wouldn't have left so soon or decided to leave so soon. Yeah. You know, Andrew, you you do such a great job with these transitions. Occasionally. It's like you were born to do transitions for podcasts. I don't know what we do without you. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were going to go into some sort of abortion Roe v. Wade reference there. But oh, I guess no. Not. <laughs> I wasn't okay. going to go that dark. <laughs> this story's going to get dark enough. <laughs> so anyways, Andrew mentioned to kick us off on some news. Last week, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy announced that he will be retiring at the end of the summer. Um, so for international listeners, or maybe folks who just aren't as up on the happenings with the Supreme Court, you've probably heard your friend's 
talking about this a lot for a number of reasons. Um, So serving as a Supreme Court justice is generally a lifetime appointment and is made by the office of the president. This means that President Trump will have an opportunity to appoint a second Supreme Court justice in just his first term, which will drastically change the makeup of the court. And the reason this is a big deal is because currently the court is evenly split with four liberal judges, four conservative judges, and the aforementioned Anthony Kennedy, who's usually the swing vote. So while Kennedy is technically a conservative himself, he has proven to be nonpartisan in a number of cases. Most notably, he was the deciding vote when the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage in 2015 and has historically fallen on the pro-choice side of the abortion debate. So that puts both gay marriage and abortion, along with a number of other social issues, back on the table for relitigation if we end up with a very conservative justice in his place. Another thing worth noting is that Trump's point person for Supreme Court appointments is Mike Pence, who really hates gay people and abortion. Uh, So you can only guess where this is going. It was um, everybody's hearts really sank when this news was announced. And I think we'll talk about in a second why this was surprising. But who would have thought that Trump was not was going to pick not one, but two Supreme Court justices, possibly, <laughs> possibly more. There okay, could be a third of four. Not, uh, you know, curse anybody that's on this panel anymore. <laughs> no, you know. nobody on the left, at least. Exactly. We need everybody to stay perfectly healthy. Light some candles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really hope Ruth Bader Ginsburg has horcruxes. Me too. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Keep her in your thoughts and prayers like all day, every day. I just went to the DMV and became an organ donor exclusively for her. <laughs> My now says donor RBG. Okay, Ruth, I hope we have the same blood type. <laughs> no, we just have to we just have to find her a donor. Me. Yeah. That's me. But I mean we have to make sure that they are compatible. <laughs> uh Can you imagine somebody coming forward and being like, I will sacrifice myself for her? I volunteer as tribute. (laughs) Goes up on like a cross. (laughs) Take me, RGP. That sounds really kinky. (laughs) (laughs) Take me to a higher level. (laughs) Take me to the high court, baby. So there's been, I think, understandably, a lot of confusion about Kennedy's retirement because it's really not unusual for justices to stay on the court until they die, uh, kind of like Antonin Scalia did most recently. Um, So even if he didn't want to deal with the daily responsibilities, Kennedy could have begun assigning cases to his clerks, which is something that there is historical precedent for. Um, The disconcerting part of this is that a couple of days after Kennedy announced his resignation, a story about his son began making the rounds. And it turns out Kennedy's son is an executive at Deutsche Bank. uh, And Deutsche Bank is President Trump's most trusted banker because it was the only bank that would work with him after his multiple bankruptcies in the 90s. So while there's no hard evidence at this point to indicate that this connection proves anything negative, we did think it was a connection worth mentioning because Deutsche Bank loaned Trump over $1 billion for his real estate projects. Yeah, well, hopefully 
that's not what's going on here. I mean, that would be pretty awful. Yeah. Well, the reason that it's come up is because this connection comes out just a couple of days after Kennedy steps down. And it was in the midst of everybody wondering why. Um, Because Mm -hmm. it's reportedly at this point not due to any health concerns. He's still reportedly very healthy, which, you know, would be the only reason that people could see him wanting to give up a lifetime appointment. Yeah. Could it just be as simple as he wanted to leave before the possibility that Trump leaves office in 2020? So he wanted his spot to be filled by somebody on the right. It's possible, but Kennedy doesn't like Trump. Hmm. That's the other thing that I find very confusing about it. Um, because historically, he's he's very, like, anytime he has ever had to, like, write a response to something, like, even in this most recent um, travel ban, which the Supreme Court ultimately sided with Trump on the travel ban, and Kennedy also sided with them. But even in his response siding with Trump on this, he still poo-pooed him yeah, and talked about how terrible it was for the president to be xenophobic. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that it sounds like a personal problem for yeah. Kennedy, maybe. Yeah. And, and there is the possibility maybe he is unhealthy. Maybe. We don't know. It's entirely possible. Um, but really what this does mean, and we know this for certain, is that it makes midterms more important than we can even begin to emphasize. So with a second appointment to the court and a number of the current justices not getting any younger, this gives Trump an unprecedented opportunity to shape the future of this country for an entire generation, if not more. Um, This will very likely energize the right, who will mobilize around the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade, which would push abortion rights back to the state level. Um, And the reason that this is a big deal right now is because given their current standing, Senate Democrats can't stop any nomination from being pushed through because uh, Congressman Turtle McTurtleton of the Galapagos got rid of the filibuster option in the case of a Supreme in the case of a Supreme Court nominees. So since Mm -hmm. Democrats can't filibuster to stop it, only 51 votes would be needed to drive that nomination through the Senate as opposed to the traditional 60 votes needed to confirm. Yeah. But it still might be a bit of a fight. One example is uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine. She actually said, I found this surprising, that she would vote against a justice who shows, quote, hostility toward Roe v. Wade. So she doesn't want to roll that back. Um, And there might be a couple of other senators, including people like John McCain, people who have been openly critical of the president on the right. They they may push back. I guess so, go ahead. Oh, it's just, it's just a matter of whether you can trust um, whoever is representing you to grow a backbone and stand up for what they say they will. Because unfortunately, we have people on both sides that talk a big game and then kind of just roll over these days. It's really kind yeah. of sad. Yeah, and unfortunately, Collins is one of those people. Um, she did the same thing at the height of the 
family separation discussion, she wrote a strongly worded letter to the White House instead of just coming out and being publicly against it and supporting the Democrats' uh, bill that they were trying to get through Congress to stop this from happening. So I would not be surprised if she talked a big game right now and then later uh, chose political expediency. We'll just have to see. But the the big lesson here is get out and vote. Most states have a registration deadline of 30 days before the election. So you still have time to register if you have not yet. And please, please vote because this is not just this election is not just about the next two years in Congress. And it's not just about smacking Trump down. This is about a Supreme Court that our generation will live with for most of the rest of our lives. Yeah. I think, like I said at the top of this segment, um, people, our hearts sank because we, we realized that. But I think a lot of people also realized, oh my God, we just needed to turn out, what, another 50,000, 100,000 people? to vote um, in uh, just a handful of swing states. Mm -hmm. And this could have been a very different world. And I'm hopeful that this story and really everything else that has come from the Trump presidency is going to be a rock bottom learning moment for the left that we can't take the, a great president like Obama for granted ever again. We can't sit back Because we've said this on the show before, if we do all turn out to vote on the left, we are going to have a good victory. I'm not going to say easy, but we're going to have victory. Um, So I'm I'm just hoping that from 2018, you know, we can be optimistic, but I'm hoping for from 2020 onward, we're not going to make this mistake again. When people see a candidate like Trump, they're going to vote against him. Not just, you know, vote third party or not vote at all. They're going to be like, I actually have to do something here. Yeah, don't be complacent. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's potential for a lot of folks to become complacent around this year's midterm because we keep hearing about the blue wave. Uh, There's going to be a red wave, too. (laughs) That wasn't totally certain until this happened. But once a new Supreme Court appointment came on the table, that guaranteed that there is going to be a red wave as well. Yeah. I already hate this blue wave talk. Can we not call it anything until after the 2018 election and there really is a blue wave? Yeah, well, it really does generate complacency. Exactly. Oh, there's already an uprising. I don't have to get involved. No. I don't like it at all. Anyway, um, let's talk about a lighter story. Let's talk about theme parks. Ah, a light holiday topic. So we wanted to talk about how the big parks in the U.S., Disney and Universal, are planning big new lands geared specifically and deliberately toward us millennials. So the reason that we're talking about this this week, Disney just opened up Toy Story Land. This is in Florida at their Hollywood Studios Park. And next year, 
slash 2020, they're opening Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And obviously, that is a Star Wars land. They're also going to be building a Star Wars-themed hotel in Orlando. In both places, by the way, not in Toy Story World land and Star Wars World land, Disney is planning Instagram locations. Meaning these backdrops that are perfect for taking Instagrammable photos, which I hate to admit, I did in the Avatar Land in Orlando. <laughs> My friend pointed out to me the moss wall. Haley, I'm, I'm looking at you. She listens to the show. But anyway, that's like the trend now. That's the cool thing to do. You, you post a photo in front of a vibrant wall. Disney is also launching a app called Play Disney Parks. And this is geared towards millennials who, according to every poll Disney has ever taken, hate waiting in line more than anyone else. I think this is totally in response to how much time uh, people spend on a certain game while waiting in line at the Disney parks. And Pam, do you know what app I'm talking about? I do. (laughs) Heads up. Yeah. Everybody plays heads up in line at Disneyland. And nobody plays with each other. Like, I, I always kind of wait for, like, the heads-up groups next to each other to just become one big group. But they're all just, like, shouting over each other. You could make friends. I, like, look two lines over to watch other people play heads-up. Do you get frustrated when they can't guess the really easy ones? Yeah, I, ju- I just yell it <laughs> out loud. But this is, you know, this is an interesting technique. They're trying to bring the phone experience into the theme park in a weird way like they're trying to actually encourage you to use your phone more in the theme park so i thought that was interesting and then meanwhile universal studios they're putting together a nintendo themed land that is going to feature mario donkey kong and zelda and in the past nbc universal have said that these three empires were chosen for a very specific reason they were appealing to certain demographics who love nostalgia um, so they're purposely using nostalgia, Toy Story Land, Star Wars, and Mario. And then, of course, there's the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which actually started all this. There is this interesting new report in Morning Consult, and uh, Jim Hill, a theme park historian and the founder of Jim Hill Media, it's a total theme park geek website, Um, He credited the Wizarding World for the rise in millennial-themed amusement parks. He said, quote, The Harry Potter park fundamentally changed the game of marketing to millennials because its theme directly targeted an older demographic and did not necessarily cater to their children. And uh, the results were huge for Universal. Their profits more than doubled since Harry Potter World opened in 2010. Um, And this is no surprise because millennial parents, 78%, and non-parents, 75%, are more likely than all parents, 59%, to say they're interested in visiting a theme park in the next year. And uh, they're also more likely to rationalize the cost. 62% of millennial parents and 65% of childless millennials say a theme park is a good value for the price, compared to 50% of all parents. It's, It's interesting because... In terms of the Harry Potter park, the generations who grew up with Harry Potter, they absolutely adore this park, and now they're old enough to spend their own money on it. And it's so exciting to go there your first time. Do you two remember going to the Wizarding World for your first time? Did you tear up at all or anything? I wouldn't say I teared up, but um, we were there when it opened. Mm -hmm. Remember, they had like a special... um, 
like closed park evening for everybody who was at whatever convention it was we were attending at the time. And it was so much fun. I mean, it really is going to sound really trite, but it really is magical. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's really weird that you're talking about this because I had a dream the other night that me and Mark went to Universal Studios. And I told him about it the next day and he was like, yeah, we should really do that. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Has he been? Yes, he's been. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Pam, do you remember your first time? I do, yeah. I think that, like Laura said, the attention to detail is, um, that's what I remember most. And that's what I, I definitely teared up. Um, I have like a very, this is like so embarrassing. The first time I walked in, I was like, wow, this is like so cool. And like your eyes are like, oh my God, they have like everything here. And then I was walking by, you know, like those shop windows that are like not for real shops, but they're yeah. like just, you know, they have all this stuff. I walked by and I started tearing up because they had a Mimbleus Mimbletonia in the window, and I just thought it was so sweet that this thing that barely made it into the movies they had thought to include in yeah. the park because it it was like such a bigger subplot for Neville in the books. I don't even like Neville's not even my favorite character, but I just thought it was so <laughs> cute that they like did that justice for neville yeah i literally started crying and then like all my friends were like what is wrong with you and i was like just like, hello <laughs> just keep walking i'll find you later let me just have my moment and- <gasps> yeah yeah so harry potter really changed the game and and it showed how many millennials would turn out to this park and Universal's still expanding it they're they're working on another coaster there right now the um, the one in orlando is and from the rumors I've seen, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, my boyfriend actually hasn't been yet, and he's a huge Harry Potter fan. So we're trying to put together a trip at some point, And I'm so excited to take him because he's going to have that same reaction that you did. <laughs> Just start crying <laughs> Elisa, over something or random. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be freaking out. It's going to be amazing. Um, plus, like yeah. the night shows, too. I know that I haven't seen them. I haven't been to Wizarding World in a while. But I know that they have like a Christmas night show at the castle and they have like a new recurring nightly one now so yeah that's like a bigger draw too yeah so this is a new trend i I find it very interesting like on one hand i like it i like these fantastic lands i'm sure universal is going to do an awesome job with this nintendo land is and as a nintendo geek i can't wait there's rumors there's going to be a mario kart ride like oh my god that sounds amazing (laughs) but on the other hand i gotta admit i hate it a little bit because the Star Wars land is being built in Disneyland. And Disneyland has always had these certain lands that aren't focused on one particular franchise. There's Tomorrowland. There's Fantasyland. There's these other ones. But now there's going to be Star Wars Ga- Galaxy's Edge. And it just doesn't fit in with the other classic iconic lands at Disneyland. So I kind of hate that Harry Potter raised the bar because now star because now Disneyland has to go and ruin the classical perfection that they used to have in order to remain per, um, competitive with Universal. Yeah, but like were you really going to Toontown every time you went? No, of course not. <laughs> There you go. I mean, well, but but unfortunately, Toontown's still going to exist. <laughs> it's just like on the side now, right? What did they take out to put it in? I thought it was Toontown. Uh, they took out the horse ranch all the way in the back. Oh, uh, okay. I think like, Disneyland is unfortunately a really good example of a park that 
that has outgrown itself. Like they have no space and there's no oh space God. for them to expand. So yes, it's, it's gotten really, it's gotten Pam. When was the last time you were at Disneyland? Last year I went, um, right in November. I went in November. And how fucking crowded was it? It actually wasn't that well, you know, my best friend, Michelle, she worked for Disneyland for a very long time. So we very strategically plan the days that we go and it was still crowded uh-huh. AF. Like there are no off days anymore, but yeah, it, I, I feel like I'm giving away the best secret by saying this on the show, but like really, if you're going to go, you should go on a Wednesday okay. or Tuesday because, yeah. and also like not during any of the major school holidays, just go like <laughs> a random Wednesday in like, I don't know. October. But see, this is the problem. Like you just said, there's no off season anymore. It's busy year round. It used to not be. And it's just too crowded. And it's a real bummer. Like when I used to go, me and my ex, we would go at opening. And that was the only way we could enjoy the park. We could enjoy it for the first like two, three hours. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it's always like more crowded during the holidays. It's just like that, though, is more like, and this is maybe a bigger discussion for another time, but it's a direct result of how many season passes they sell. And unfortunately, not that they should make things unattainable to people that maybe don't make as much money, but like the tiered pricing and also being able to pay off your annual pass, like over the course of 12 months versus a one-time payment, that's definitely not yeah. helps the line situation or like the overcrowded situation. Right. So, so, and I can't imagine how much worse it's going to get once star Wars is open. I know it, I'm kind Disney- of scared, but I want to go. <laughs> yeah. All the Orlando parks, I still find manageable by the way. It's just yeah. the California ones. They're, they're landlocked, so they can't expand. But meanwhile, they're, they're adding all these big franchises to the parks and it's just getting worse and worse. Anyway, it's an interesting trend to watch the the um, targeting of millennials at the theme parks, hitting those nostalgia feels to um, build some really fantastic attractions. Nostalgia is a product. It is a product. We should get nostalgic on this show more often. <laughs> Whenever we do, we just talk shit, though. Uh, can Universal make a park where Hillary Pl- Clinton is president? Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> what rides would be there? Um, definitely something about emails. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ride on an email? <laughs> up and down and up and down and through your personal server. <laughs> You avoid those secure government servers. You'd have like the I'm with her parade. And that's like the kid (laughs) attraction. (laughs) You have a ride where you uh, sit on Bill Clinton's lap. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's a ride. (laughs) Some people have already written. Oh, my God. No, I know. But now you it's getting a little creepy that Universal also does like a purge maze during halloween horror nights so oh my god (laughs) the purge donald trump yeah (laughs) uh what else let's see i'm thinking something with bernie and 27 dollars 
just like a Bernie statue where you can insert $27 on the dot. No more, no less. If I thought you were going to exactly go with, like, feel the burn, and it's just, like, walking through, <laughs> you know, some weird fire maze. How about a ride where you get to comb Bernie's hair? <laughs> and then you get graded. It's no, like it the could be, like, exhibit. have you guys ever, you know, like, whack-a-mole? <laughs> Except whack-a-mole? with Bernie Sanders. Oh. With his bald head. <laughs> Whack-a-Bernie. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Instead of music in the Hillary land, it's just her cackle. <laughs> what happened? It's like what borderline happened? Joker, though. <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> uh, it's my turn, and I want to talk yeah. about our new sponsor, Third Love. If you guys haven't heard of Third Love, they're an online bra retailer, and they specialize in helping you find the perfect fit. They use thousands of real women's measurements, and Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind, which means that when you order from them, you're getting a bra that not only fits well, but feels amazing. These things are super soft, you guys, so uh, they definitely don't lie when they say that it's a really luxurious material. More importantly... They're size inclusive. So Third Love actually carries the most bra sizes out of any brand on the market, making them an industry leader. They currently carry a total of 70 sizes in a variety of fits and styles, ranging from cup sizes A through H and band sizes up to 48. Unsure of your bra size? Third Love's got you covered with their handy-dandy fit finder quiz, and I actually use this myself while shopping on their website. It was super helpful, and more importantly, it was super quick and really straightforward. Laura, you shop for bras, I'm sure. Um, how many times have you gone out to find a great bra and then you just come home and you're like, I haven't spent any money and I have saggy boobs because I don't have bras that are good anymore. It's oh, like frequently. a very common problem, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then you end up wearing the same one for way too long to the point where like the underwires are popping out of it. It's just really frustrating. It's totally a pain. I feel you. I've been in that boat too many times. It's super hard to find something that not only fits great, but gives you the support you need. And the cool thing about Third Love is that they're made with comfort and support. That's their number one priority. And it definitely shows in the product. I've been wearing their 24-7 Perfect Coverage bra for the past few weeks, and my boobs have never felt more supportive in their lives. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering all millennial listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash millennial now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash millennial for 15% off today, and I guarantee you, your boobs will thank you later. All right. Thanks, Pam. So we have one more story today, but we're going to make it a game to keep things light today. Um... So this is from the Washington Post. They broke this story. Citing newly obtained evidence, U.S. intelligence officials are warning that North Korea does not intend to fully surrender its nuclear stockpile and instead is considering ways to conceal both the number of weapons it has and their secret production facilities from the United States. So not exactly looking to uh, roll back their nuclear program entirely, apparently. The evidence collected in the wake of the June 12th summit in Singapore points to preparations to deceive the U.S. about the number of nuclear warheads in North Korea's arsenal and the existence of undisclosed facilities used to make material for nuclear bombs. So 
you know, it's the Washington Post reporting this. This is pretty significant news. The thing is, Donald Trump has made exuberant comments in the past few weeks about how things are good again. The North Korea issue is over. He declared on Twitter that there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. And in a recent rally, he also said he had great success with Pyongyang. He's also said, and this is my favorite thing, that we can sleep well tonight. He said, don't worry, everybody. You can sleep. You can sleep well again. The North Korea situation is solved. So um, we don't know what's going to come of this. Obviously, we all hope that the United States is going to strike back if this is true. But on the other hand, maybe Trump wants to continue making this look like a win for him. He doesn't want to admit that he was wrong about North Korea. So let's say Donald wants to double down on his sleeping well remarks and... He accepts this Washington Post report and wants to defend North Korea's decisions. In our best Sarah Huckabee Sanders impressions, I believe we should defend North Korea keeping some of their nuclear weapons. Laura, would you like to try first? Sure. Okay. Um, I'll give you just a minute. Just a minute? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm a minute man. Last time I put something in my mouth to imitate her. Would you like to do that again? But I don't. Oh I don't. <laughs> I'm looking around my desk and I don't actually have anything. Where's your strap on? The other room. <laughs> it's over at Mark's. <laughs> strap on. <laughs> I'll just. I'll just put my finger in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Whenever you're ready. All right. Um. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um. I first just wanted to address the fact that this is, again, the fake news media making a whole lot of hay out of nothing. Um, President Trump has the highest IQ of any president we've ever had. As a matter of fact, any person that lives in this country. Uh, Secondly, if this is true, which it is not, but if it is true, this would be a case where Donald Trump has really used his... IQ to help trick the North Koreans (laughs) because he would have foreseen this happening if it was going to happen. So what's the plan now, Sarah? What, what, what happens now that you knew it was going to happen? Well, the fact of the matter is we already knew that the North Koreans didn't actually have the capacity to bomb the United States. So even if they have something now, it's not like it can reach us. The furthest it can go is like Guam. And they're not really U.S. citizens, so we don't care about them that much. Do, 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 do. Time's up. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Pam, do you want to try defending this information that we're learning from the Washington Post? Sure. So I'm I'm arguing that this is for real, right? That this is for real okay. and this is fine. Okay. This is good. All right. Should I just go Whenever now? you're ready. Yeah, but if you stick something in your mouth, bonus point. <laughs> I don't have anything to stick in my mouth. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Okay, so 
Look, we always knew that North Korea was not going to completely relinquish controls of all of their weapons. And that's okay, because the important thing is that Donald Trump and his, his administration know that this is the case, but it's better to be on friendly terms with them than to, you know, poke the bear even further. So we'll just let them keep what they have and pretend like they have some power Meanwhile, there are, you know, I'm sure plans in place to ensure that if they do decide to strike, we're going to strike first. And, you know, it's better to keep things nice and friendly. As I'm sure Sarah would say, Donald Trump is a master negotiator and a businessman. And he knows how to get on Kim Jong-un's level. So there's nothing to be afraid of. This is why we should all sleep better in our beds, knowing that. He's got it under control. That was actually perfect. Good job. Under control. The <laughs> Donald Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really bad for them to see North Korea not follow through with the promises that they made because of everything Trump has said. I mean, nobody could have predicted that North Korea was going to be so difficult. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. All right. It's time now for... Oh, not that. It's time now for... Surprise! Surprise, bitch! And today we're going to call Brianna. Or try to call her. Hello, Brianna. Yeah, it's Millennial Surprise, Surprise bitch. bitch. Oh, hi. How are you? Hey, what's up? Are we interrupting anything? Um, not really. I'm okay. What's going on? Okay, uh, not much. Just wanted to call and say hi. Where Where are you? I'm at work, kind of right now. So oh, it's okay. Okay. All right. What 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 city are you in? Um, right now I'm on Long Island. Oh, okay. What do you mean right now, though? <laughs> uh, well, I live in Brooklyn, but I work on Long Island. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Are, are you, we were talking earlier today about theme parks and how they're trying to target millennials. Do you go to theme parks much at all? Um, not too much, but really just because I don't have time. I enjoy them when I'm there, when yeah. it's not hot out. Have you been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Yes, multiple times. Did you cry multiple times? I didn't cry, but I very much enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, how could you not cry? You're not a real Harry Potter fan. I mean, that's clearly true. <laughs> <laughs> if if you if you could make Universal or Disney build any theme park based off any fandom, what would you choose considering like, you know, nostalgia and what would get millennials to attend? Ah, I mean, I think, oh, fuck. I mean, honestly, they're doing probably a better job than anything I could come up with because I would really just like Harry Potter stuff or like Marvel stuff, but they have that pretty much under control. So, yeah. Are there any like classic 90s shows you would totally turn out for? <laughs> I feel like maybe a good rocket power theme park might be okay. Oh, that That'd would be, pretty be dope. dope. Yeah. <laughs> Set in California. Like yeah, there could... you go. A nice skate park. Yeah. Rocket power. 
don't uh, that's... think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what? That is it. <laughs> is it? Okay. It's been a while. Laura, do you remember it? I don't remember that being part of the theme song now. I just remember <laughs> Rocket Power <laughs> at some point of it. <laughs> I'll uh, believe you, son. Do you do you do you like the New York life? Um, I mean it's real expensive, but I whenever I travel anywhere else, I get like it get pretty anxious when things start to close at night so i i do enjoy peeing i really hate anywhere else when like i'm at a bar and it's two o'clock and they try to close it gets very upsetting yeah because they're open till or can they just not four close? Base, and then they i mean they're open till four and then they usually stay open later so oh okay that's how chicago is yeah. too four but see oh is it yeah okay. I, remember, I went to boston a few years ago and they closed at like one Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't L- get it. <laughs> L- LA closes at two, but like, I like that. I don't need an excuse to stay out later than 2 a.m. Are you staying out till four? Um, if I'm like committed to going out, then yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, Laura, what, when, what's your bedtime when you're committed to going out? It depends on how good the party is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know what the thing is, though? Like, okay, let's say uh, last call is 2 a.m. If, mm-hmm. if the bar is open till 2, that means people are pre-gaming till midnight. So if the bar is open till 4, people are just going to pre-game till 2 a.m. That's what I think. So it, like, no, doesn't solve I mean, anything. <laughs> I mean, when I was in college, we used to, like, we'd head out at, like, 12, 12.30. And then you get to the bars and you're there until, like, 4.30. So. Oh my gosh! Wow, well, I, was, I mean, it's a very specific lifestyle. There. It's not great. <laughs> Call it, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Hmm. I mean, we're not we're not doing great overall with life, but it it, <laughs> it helps. But we had fun. <laughs> yeah, we you know we went down swinging. So. Actually, that so we were talking a week or two ago. I think I mentioned that going out in L.A. That's like a hundred dollar night. Every night you're going out. Yeah. Is is that about what you would spend in New York? Does that sound about right? Um, I mean, I've kind of been going to the same bars since I was, let's say, 21. Um, so, like, I kind of know them, so I don't really spend too much money. Honestly, my tab usually ends up being, like, $14 when I'm drinking all night. But that's that's a lucky position to be in. Wait, but, wait why is it so cheap? <laughs> you said they're giving you free drinks? Cause I, yeah, because I know the... Like, I've known the bartenders for a bunch of years now. Damn. Yeah. So. Wow. But, that, yeah. That's. But, yes, it can be very expensive depending on where you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, by the way, I just wanted to let you know, I know you're a really longtime listener of Millennial, so thank you so much for that. And we do have a new Facebook official benefit over on Patreon. So, if you want to sign up. That'd be awesome. The new benefit <laughs> lets you definitely check it out. It, it lets you be on an entire episode. So if you're free on a Monday night, we could have you on. Super exciting. Co-host. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely look into it. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much, and thanks again for the longtime support. All right, thank you guys. Thanks for calling. No problem. Don't stay out till four thirty tonight, okay? No so, promise. It's a Monday. Well, it is 4th of July week, so. Monday's Mario Kart Monday at the bar. Come on. What? <laughs> is that true? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a Mario Kart um, tournament every Monday night, and if you win, your whole tab is topped. So next time you're in the city, let me know. Fuck me. Email me details <laughs> right now. I'm flying. I'm flying okay. out there right now. Perfect. What, what Mario Kart? Um, uh, I think it's the Wii. <laughs> The Wii. Which isn't my personal favorite, but it's what they have there. Okay. I could also be wrong. I don't usually play it, but I enjoy going. Uh, wow, that seriously sounds so cool. Uh, yeah, that... it, it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. All right, well, uh, thanks, for, thanks again, and have a good night. All right. Night, guys. Bye. Night. I like how you have a full dad. I know. Well, I was just about to say that. Don't stay up. To, well, yeah. I'm like, just looking we're out have to start for calling everyone. you Dan Drew. <laughs> Dad Drew, I'd rather. Dad Dad Drew, yeah. <laughs> if that Mario Kart Monday was the Wii U or Switch one, I would win every week. No question. I'd be drinking free every Monday night for the rest of my life. To wrap up today's show, wanted to give a few recommendations. Um this is the Andrews sitting around watching too much Netflix edition. I finished watching season seven of Shameless. I think it was my favorite season of the show yet. It was just so heartfelt. The characters are, many of them at least, are making really big moves in their lives. Um, it was just so fulfilling, actually, to watch. I don't even want to get to season eight because I feel like it's nothing can live up to how good season seven was, but... I've always enjoyed Shameless, and if you've thought about watching it, definitely check it out. And it's set in Chicago, which I like. And did either of you watch this new Netflix rom-com, Set It Up? No, but I saw the trailer. Hell yeah. (laughs) You love it, Pam? Yeah, I love it. It's all the rage right now. (laughs) As it should be. I watched it last night. It was cute. Like, I don't know. I'm not a rom-com junkie or anything, but I definitely liked it. I was feeling the feels. I'm here for Netflix bringing us the rom-coms we need, honestly. Yeah. I'm a huge rom-com fan. And it's hard to find, like, I don't want to say I've seen everything, but I've seen a lot in that genre. So it's really nice to know that we're getting new stuff from Netflix. They're doing the good Lord's work over there. Yeah. We actually wrote an article on Hypeable about how there's a rom-com renaissance happening over on Netflix because they're doing all these original movies, many of which are rom-coms that are evidently good. (laughs) You know what I also started watching just before um, recording tonight is... Nailed it! I love that show. God. (laughs) What, Laura? I hate that show. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, monster. I just find it really annoying, but, you know... I'm happy annoying for you guys. Ha- annoying how? Um, is it is her name Nicole? Yeah. The host. I find her very aggravating. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. I just I'm like, really, we made a whole show about Pinterest fails. <laughs> like, did I need this in my life? No, mm. no. What is? Fa- I th- I find it genuinely funny. Funny. Anyway. Well. I'll just be the in the minority on that one. Do you think you could do better than the Bakers on that show? Because every time I watch, I fall into that that pit. I'm just like, I could go and I would be amazing and I would make the best thing and it would be great. Oh, hell no. I would I fail. I think I would probably be worse. Yeah. 
Um, I want to recommend season two of Glow, even though I haven't started oh. watching it yet, just because I loved season one so much that I'm really excited to start season two. I've been wanting to watch that show. Oh, it's I so saw, good. I saw the reviews of season two are good. That's that's good to hear. Don't forget our patron, patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks again to those of you who support us. And we hope that Facebook official supporters are interested in applying to become a co-host. That was something that some people requested when we did that survey a month or two ago. So we're happy to launch that. And I just wanted to give a preview of what's coming up in the next couple weeks of the show. Like I said earlier in the episode, we're going to have my boyfriend Pat on for the first time. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun because he's an open book. And like we did with Mark, we're going to have Pat talk about something that he's passionate about. And uh, he's a farmer boy. So he's going to be talking about that farm life a particular element of the farm life. Mm. Does he know about that great shirt that I got you for Christmas a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah. And if memory serves right, I think he told me he seriously wants it himself. Oh, well, but, I'm glad to know that somebody appreciates my gift giving abilities. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I'm pretty sure I threw it out. But <gasps> <laughs> Andrew, that was the best present ever. <laughs> That I would never wear. Oh, my God. I am offended. I am triggered. Let's just end this. Well, before we do that, tell us about the (laughs) the guest on the week after that. Yeah, so the week following that, the week of the 16th, uh, we're going to have a first on this show. Uh, We're welcoming one of our listeners, Parker, who is a Republican. Uh, Parker reached out to us a few weeks ago. And we've been chatting with him back and forth. He is an extremely qualified person, uh, works for a conservative think tank, and has a lot that he'll be able to bring to the show. I think he expressed uh, interest in talking about immigration and abortion in particular. So it'd be a really good chance to hear some differing views on the show. Uh, And he's also really awesome. So we're excited to welcome him on. And we hope that all of our listeners will be too. Yeah, that'll be fun. Coming up in After Dark today, we're going to do one of our classic segments, WTF News. We've got some fun oddballs this week, oddball stories this week. And I need to share a story about what's going on in my condo building. We have some drama going on that I was very close to ranting about in our Facebook friend chat, uh, Pam, Laura, and I, where we talked during the week, and I was like, you know what, instead of ranting here, I'm just going to talk about it on After Dark, because it's so infuriating. (laughs) I'll bring everybody up to date on the situation. So, um, to close this out today, since it is 4th of July, did you all know that God Bless America came into the world 100 years ago this year? Um, we're going to play the first ever radio performance of the song from November 1938. So 20 years after it was created by Irving Berlin, it finally got some airtime on that new age technology called radio. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. As we raise our- Oh,
beautiful. Eh. <laughs> Laura doesn't like that choice. I thought that was a little <laughs> fun. No, choice. like I think I think the history of it is really cool. I just I take great issue with the combination of God and America because I don't uh, think those two things. I think that's a lot of our problem. Mm. Is that we act like those two things go together. Isn't that why they stopped making kids do Pledge of Allegiance in class every morning? Did they stop? I think so. Oh. Yeah. Or like skipping that line in particular. Yeah, I always just skipped the line when I was in high school and just never said it. We had a well, few kids that were Jehovah Witnesses and they weren't allowed to do it because of religious reasons. And they were like, that's cool. Just sit there respectfully. And it's fine. I don't think that would fly oh, these days. But where I grew up, you know, like if you <laughs> opted to opt out of the pledge, you probably would have gotten beaten up. Oh my god! In the school, honestly, like that's why I, I thought, you know, with like Fourth of July coming up, I was like, what if I just don't celebrate? I was like, I can't say this to anybody or tweet this because I am ethnically ambiguous, but more specifically Mexican American. And then I'll just be un-American because even though I was born here, I don't look European enough. So I just lose. I set myself back. (laughs) How about one nation under the sky, indivisible, I mean, under God was not even added until the 1950s. Oh. To the pledge. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 